0: One funny story is I found an apartment in Rio, great apartment, and we were right across the street from a hotel, which I thought was great because I was like, ah, I can use their concierge if I have any questions, ask the reservation desk. And at the end of the trip, I went to their concierge. I was like, oh, can I book a cab? And they're like, sure. And they're like, what room are you in? I'm like, oh, I'm not staying here. But they're like, you come here every day and ask us questions. <laughs> I'm like, I know.
1: There are only a few travel jedis out there, and I've got one of them on the show today, Tina Beth Pina. Emmy award-winning TV journalist by day and travel vlogger by night, Tina Beth Pina posts a host of resources and insights for study abroad students, prospective international travelers, and those curious about other cultures on her YouTube channel, Tell Me Tina. While she got her start as a bilingual Latin music radio host, Cha Cha Cha, she now focuses on producing dozens of fascinating and practical travel videos. Tina Beth Pina shares her favorite travel hacks and how to leverage corporate marketing budgets for things like flights and cruises to your benefit. She's getting her new resource off the ground, so be sure to look her up at tinabethtravels.com. Without further ado, here we go. This episode of Andy Steve's Travel Podcast is brought to you by Milltown House, guest house on the Dingle
2: Peninsula. We have 10 luxury bedrooms in one of Ireland's most popular villages. We have 56 pubs and some of the best Seafood in the country. As we say in the local Irish language, cared Mila Falcher, 100,000 welcomes await. Visit us at www.milltownhouse.com.
0: Sharing tips, tricks, and tales from around the globe, this is Travel for the Next Generation. You're listening to the Andy Steves Travel Podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. Andy Steves here with the Andy Steves Travel Podcast, and I've got a very special guest on the line today. Emmy award winning TV journalist by day and travel vlogger by night, Tina Beth Pina, focuses on producing dozens of fascinating and practical travel videos. For insider tips, I've got Tina Beth on the line. Tina Beth, thank you so much for joining me, and I'm so glad to have you on the show.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be
1: here. It was really cool digging into your past a little bit, and I really enjoyed um, checking out your YouTube videos. By the way, I'm staying in an Airbnb across the street from a neighborhood hospital, so we may have some (laughs) sirens in the background. Apologies to you and our listeners. But anyways, um, like I was saying, it was really fun digging into your your background a little bit, learning a little bit about your story. But for our listeners, would you give us the rundown um, on your background, where you're from, where did you study, and And um, bringing yourself up to what your main projects are today.
0: Okay. Um, I was born and raised in Easton, Pennsylvania, home of the Easton assassin, Larry Holmes, if anyone knows about him still. (laughs) Uh, I went to Lafayette College, which also happens to be in Easton, so I didn't stray very far away from home. And I went there, A, because it was a great school academically, and B, I ran track. So it was a great school academically and athletically. And while I was there, even though it was an engineering school, I knew that I wanted a career in media. And so I just figured, I'd figure it out once I graduated. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I worked for the likes of uh, ABC as a desk assistant, Fox, something called the Metro Channel here in New York City. And I just kept going through um, different types of jobs until I got to where I wanted to be, which was a reporter and the number one station at the number one market. Number one station being WABC. number one market being New York. And I was fortunate enough to do that. And then um, that entire time I had always thought about doing some type of travel related journalism, but I didn't know how. Uh, So I just kind of did what I was taught how to do, which was doing a lot of type of local news or featurey type segments, political economics, what have you. But always with that plan in the back of my mind. And as social media grew, I was like, huh, this might be a way, but I still don't really know how to do it. And I saw that there was a lot of travel blogs out there. And I was like, hmm, what could the niche be for me? And I was like, oh my gosh, you could just do videos. You know how to do this. This is exactly what you know how to do. And study abroad for me was just something that I always wanted to do when I was in school. But I didn't get a chance to do because I always had this fear of missing out because as I ran track, I was like, oh, I can't go abroad. I might not be able to train with a team or I'm going to miss this race or something's going to happen that I'm going to miss out on. And then come summertime, I never went abroad because I didn't think I could afford to go. And so with all these travels I had done in the past, I was realizing, you know, you're getting an education when you're traveling, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm, uh, absolutely. depending wherever you're, wherever you're going. If it's a church, if it's um, a museum, you're learning something firsthand that goes beyond what you would originally learn in a textbook.
2: Mm-hmm, and
0: mm-hmm. I, with different friends of mine, I realized, especially those who just didn't even leave the country, I was like, wow, they're missing out and they don't know it. I wonder if there's a way for me to reach out to them and or reach out to people who, are in their shoes, you know, decades before to plant that travel seed and somehow, in some way, have them become a type of global citizen later in life.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, that's, mm-hmm. and I'm eager to kind of dig into uh, exactly what you're doing now. What I'm excited to hear about as well is hear about this Globe Scholars project that you have going on. Let's get to that in just a moment. But man, on your YouTube channel, I really enjoyed checking out your stories from the guy that was a, a date while you wait to, um, you know, the world record holder, the Guinness world record holder for gingerbread house building. And now you have some really compelling step-by-step resources that really struck me as a, um, kind of a, a visual guidebook. Um, I write guidebooks. My dad writes all sorts of guidebooks and he has a TV show. Yours struck me a little bit differently because it is a, a very well-produced step-by-step guide to how to summit, uh, Machu Picchu or how to renew your passport. Um, that was really cool. So do I understand correctly? You're a TV journalist in the day, still your day job. And then you put these together on the side and collect these, um, these interesting guides for, uh, uh, soon to be travelers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I travel all the time. Every year I take about at least two big trips somewhere, anywhere that I think is like the most outrageous place. And since I had been doing these trips already, I realized that's when I should have started vlogging about them. And that's exactly what I started doing. So for me, it was about, hmm, what tip can I give someone that I wish I I had known, whether it was saving money on something or just doing something better, doing something easier, doing something faster. And that's how those travel minutes were pretty much born. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And I just make them short and sweet because sometimes people don't want to watch a lot, especially on social media. And it's just in one quick minute, I'm going to give you the lowdown on what to bring when you're going to Machu Picchu or how to enjoy Niagara Falls. Whatever the case may be, and there, and it's pretty much wherever I happen to be going. It's it's not like someone's uh, soliciting me to to go to such and such country. It's like this is a country I want to go to and I want to explore and let's see what's interesting for somebody. Because if it was interesting for me or something that I didn't know about that I wish somebody had told me, that's
1: that's how those travel minutes are born Mm -hmm. how do you uh you're absolutely right in terms of attention spans uh the minute is the perfect length i think to give a short and sweet little tidbit of information do you approach these videos these minute-long segments uh with any sort of formula or is it really that you just go experience it and then you after the fact consider what do i wish i knew ahead of time
0: Exactly that. The latter. I go and experience it and realize, wow, I wish I had known that. It could be the smallest thing. Like uh, we accidentally stumble upon a restaurant and it was like the best thing ever. Or I go to a place that people say is the best thing ever. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was it. That's that's all that was. Yeah. <laughs> I would totally save my money and avoid that place.
1: Uh, so, that's, and, and that's, and that's what point. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, you know, in our generation of travelers, millennials especially, put um, so much value on the word of mouth that their friends give them. And whether it's uh, Boston or uh, Cusco or say Seoul, if a friend tells you to go somewhere, you put a lot of value on that recommendation. But it's not always the, the best per se. So it's really cool to have visual examples of uh, of your experience through these different places that are so hard to conceptualize ahead of time.
0: Yeah, I know it absolutely is. And- and even when I embarked on this in the beginning, I wasn't even sure how to go about it. But the way that I've ended up producing them just seemed to be a natural fit and the right way to do it and an easy way to do it and put it together. That if somebody in that minute, if they didn't care for it, okay, I tried. And you can go and search something elsewhere. But if not, in that one minute, I can give you what I feel is the, a good amount of information to at least start your research on said place.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you up on um, how many, subscribers that you have because this is a relatively new project I'm checking out the page right now and there's there's all sorts of postings from the last couple months so this is a really timely conversation we're having
0: yeah uh, subscriber wise no it is really new it's only been probably like the past year that I've been doing it maybe a couple hundred I'm not, not like in the thousands or sure, anything like sure, that. Sure, sure. But so this so is a wrong. really
1: cool um, project. Now, help me connect the dots between these excellent online videos with uh, Globe Scholars. Because what I really want to do is share with our listeners, this is a really interesting thing where you're encouraging people to study abroad and oftentimes in unique or different places. Barcelona and Florence are such mainstream destinations to study abroad these days. But on your tips, you're talking about India, the Middle East, New York City, and Cuba. So um, let's talk about how you bring from putting these interesting videos on the site together to what you're up to now?
0: Well, since I figured no one really knows me and it seemed silly to create a site just for Globe Scholars first, I figured I'd put it on my site just so I'd start to build a buzz, something, and, and people could have something else to look at and maybe tell their friends. And I chose the countries that I chose because I think lots of times students go to countries that are... I don't want to say run of the mill because I don't want to take away from any one of those countries. They're interesting countries, but there's a lot of other places people should explore that sometimes you're afraid to or that you're not too sure of. And so I figured I'd start that web series with countries that I had visited that I could have a conversation with that student about said country. So there'd be um, some commonality there between the two of us. So if I'm talking about Delhi, oh, you know, that one street in Delhi that restaurant's a he or she and I could have that connection in that interview. And then that's how that was born. That's why I picked those four places. Cuba, not a lot of people are going. I mean, there were, once Obama lifted that, not lifted, but lightened the embargo, for Mm -hmm. lack of a better word, there are more people going, but not that many, and now there's less people going. India is not a popular place for study abroad, Middle East, for sure, is not a popular place. People are scared to go. They think they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last place was uh, India. Oh, New York. I, have, I had to pick an international student coming here because I thought that'd be like a nice take on it. Because people sometimes don't think about that, like the other way around.
1: Absolutely. Um, that's that's great to hear about. So with Globe Scholars, um, where people can look up these videos and this information on your website, which is.
0: Tina BethTravels.com slash Globe Scholars.
1: And people can click into Globe Scholars and are these kind of highlight sections or help me understand. Are you, you're not running a study abroad company yourself? Um, but you're just kind of sharing the good word about the value of international education?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have no nothing, zero affiliation with any school, any study abroad program. It's just something that I felt I needed to do and I thought it was a fun project to do and it's just like a a fun side hustle but it's a hard hustle (laughs) so it's actually a lot of work.
1: (laughs) Have you monetized any portion of your YouTube channel or website?
0: Nope not yet I don't even know how to do that.
1: We're gonna have to learn together on that because I'm in the process (laughs) of doing that myself. I have a a guidebook that I sell for about 20 bucks. Um, We have detours, unguided kind of connect the dots at your own pace guidebooks with sightseeing and accommodation packages that we call detours. So those for about 100 and then our twos for 200. What I'm looking for is to to really splice up those price points a little more through monetizing our Facebook or our YouTube channel or our website, but we'll have to explore that together. Yeah.
0: I, have, <laughs> I wish I knew how to do that. That's yeah. the next step. It was like, Figuring out how to do this and creating web series and now the next step is getting the buzz out there, um, generating that and then the next step after that for me would be monetizing it. But it's all baby steps.
1: Sure, absolutely. And my dad has always said generating quality content that people want to check out themselves and then are happy to recommend is absolutely the first step. You can't skip how important um, having good content is on a website or a YouTube channel. And I got to say you're off to a great start.
0: No, thank you. I really appreciate that. And the other thing that I've noticed too, which is always interesting, when I research other people, sometimes they do it for a couple months, maybe a year, and then they stop. So that's something I don't want to do. I want to continue to build on that and just kind of figure out my way and, and, and hopefully just create something that people find value in.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is Andy Steves with Andy Steves Travel Podcast. We'll be right back after this break. This episode of Andy Steves Travel is brought to you by my new guidebook, Andy Steves Europe, City Hopping on a Budget. I break down everything you need to know to have an unforgettable three-day trip in some of our favorite cities without breaking the bank. You can read up about the top sites, restaurants, and nightlife, as well as tips for how to get off the beaten path and experience the city like a local. Pick up your copy today on andysteves.com, Amazon, or in your local bookstore and let us know what you think. You're listening to season two of Andy Steve's travel, travel, entrepreneurship, and lifestyle. Now, um, in your conversations with these different international students from almost every corner of the globe, um, what were some of the key pre-trip or pre-abroad experience things that some of these students would have wanted to know ahead of time? Did they have any particular concerns that they shouldn't have been worried about in hindsight, or uh, were there any surprises along the way?
0: I think for them, one key uh, commonality amongst them was some of them didn't have as open a mind as they should have. They went in with preconceived notions and then came out of it going like, wow, this isn't the Cuba that I thought it was gonna be. This isn't the India that I thought it was gonna be. This isn't what I thought the Middle East was going to be. So that's always been an interesting, they always come back uh, with that. I remember uh, the woman that I interviewed um, that studied abroad in India, She was just surprised by how her classmates were viewing societal issues as like, oh, my God, I can't believe they have, you know, train cars for men and separate train cars for women. That's in this day and age. That's ridiculous. And then she was looking at at it as, well, you know, there's a reason why they have it like that there. I mean, you have to look at it from their side of things. It's not so much, you know, a men versus women. It's for the women's own good. So it makes people look and think at things differently and I find that interesting because at the end of the day it's just going to open up their minds to becoming just more globally aware which is important especially in our day and age right now when everything's unsure and at some type of unrest so that's something that I think a lot of them definitely were key on just opening up their minds, and then the other thing would be like, oh, I needed to bring bug spray, or I needed to bring yeah. this or that, just like you know, random little little tidbits. Yeah. But that was that was the main thing that they, they want people to go with an open mind, not to have these preconceived notions, and not to expect anything because they're going to get so much in return.
1: I think that's such a a good point to keep in mind, and that's something that I am currently on a speaking circuit about is the value of international travel, uh, international study, and going in with an open mind. Um, as travelers and as international students, of course, it's not our place to come into a different culture and judge or pass our own sort of culture, background, and feelings or, or project them onto what we're experiencing. Rather, go in as a sponge, as, as an open book, and, and be ready to embrace those unexpected experiences with open arms, because I think that's where the magic of travel happens, on, on the ground. But also, it helps you, uh, just like you said, generalize and open up your worldview. Um, I think that's so important in this day and age. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, to, to understand foreign cultures aren't, you know, it's it's not us versus them, but we've, we've got to figure out a way to coexist. And um, I think you can learn a lot in, in these destinations like Cuba, the Middle East, and India. In Cuba, your guest there, did she have any particular takeaways? Because I went to Cuba myself, and, and on the one hand, it's a fascinating country, very proud people, so exciting to go and visit. On the other hand, when these travel restrictions begin to loosen up, that's a country that I don't think is going to be able to, um, or it's going to be a challenge to handle all the tourism that's going to just get unloaded on it. So I'm very curious to see how this, it's going to change very fast in the the next couple of years here, where it evolves from a completely state-run economy into something else. Who knows what it's going to be, but I'm curious to hear if you had any insights from that.
0: Uh, It was interesting because I actually went back to Cuba um, just now in March, and I went with a study abroad class, um, and I'll backtrack a little bit. When I did the web series, a lot of these students, I did the interviews once they had gotten back, and I was like, you know what, let me try this and go with them on the trip because I think it'll be a little different if I experience it with them. You know, as opposed to coming back here in New York and doing this interview months later, sometimes a year later. And what was interesting, since I went to Cuba the first time in 2017 and then went again now, literally last month, I already saw changes. In Cuba, in Havana alone, buildings that were in the beginning of construction were complete and people were there shopping. And there were more casas particulares built up in some places and some of the older ones were already gone.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, But the most interesting thing was that even amongst a lot of the poverty that you see, the people are always very happy. And that's always something very interesting and something something that people should just really consider and take to heart because sometimes it doesn't matter all the riches that you have in the world, it's you know what you have at hand and what you do with it. And I think that's something that's very indicative of the Cuban people, they're very resilient. And I think the students see that and are inspired by that. The class that I just went with now, it was interesting to see them, they were journalists, so they had to come up with a story while they were there and the stories that we're coming up with were all very, you know, of the people. Not So you would think people were gonna come up with stories about the revolution or the government, but it was about how these people are living day-by-day day selling, right. art, selling art out of their living room or how they're taking care of the stray animals in the street.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, was, it was
0: just interesting.
1: That touched on another thing I would love to get your take on is, do you feel that your background as a journalist influences the way you experience these new cities and, and cultures? Um, and that's cool that you went with a journalist class, but it, there'd be so many interesting stories to, to explore and write about and document um, on a visit to Cuba. So do you see that influencing how you experience a new city
0: sometimes yes I mean that's what I do for a living so of course I'm going to be seeing things through a journalist's eyes but at the same time I'm not traveling alone so if I'm traveling with other people you're lots of times forced to go where they want to go and not necessarily where you want to go so when that happens the journalist part of me turns off and you just it
1: enjoy. (laughs) That's that's so true. Um, One of my top travel tips is to just simply be selfish. Um, It's so unfortunate when I see other students and budget travelers or just people in general get dragged to a place or a destination that they just don't want to go. Not only are they not enjoying themselves, but they're also missing out on other cool uh, experiences. So, Do you have other travel tips yourself that you always keep in mind as you go through these different adventures?
0: Yeah, just exactly what you said. Let go and enjoy don't worry that you're going to miss out on something because around every corner there's going to be something new that is going to open up your mind or that you're going to enjoy there's always something and don't say no to anything just because you think you're not going to like it because you might be pleasantly surprised about yeah. what you'll learn or what you'll enjoy because there, there have been things that i'm just like oh i'm not gonna like that and then i come out of there going oh my god that was awesome i want to do that again yeah.
1: like frog legs in vietnam or, exactly. <laughs> or bungee jumping in slovakia those are a couple of things that i've been like nah, i'm not sure but yeah why not let's do it yeah <laughs> good stuff all right thanks everybody for tuning in this is andy steves with andy steves travel podcast we'll be right back after this break This episode of Andy Steve's Travel Podcast is brought to you by the Bose Micro, my favorite travel-sized Bluetooth speaker. I've enjoyed Bose products for years, and they hooked me up with the latest edition of their travel-sized Bluetooth speakers. If anyone has enjoyed the Mini 2, this new speaker, the Micro, can match that quality of sound, but beats it on three different things. First off, it's smaller. It really fits into any nook and cranny in your bag. Number two, its rubberized exterior makes it much more durable, so you can roll it along the floor, it can fall down, it can, you know, you can beat it up a little more and it doesn't show any worse for wear. Number three, it's water resistant, meaning you can take it to the beach, in the shower, and on the boat with no stress at all. It makes for a perfect summer traveling mini Bluetooth speaker. You can check out information about this Bose product and more at andysteves.com and of course purchase them at bose.com b o s e.com Check out this Bose Micro and take it with you on your next adventure around the world. Happy travels guys. Check out the Bose Micro speaker. Ciao. Andy Steves here with the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. Tina Beth, um, how about tips related to staying on budget? Everybody's on a budget. Everybody needs to save some cash so that they can either extend their travels or just uh, not have to move back in with mom. What's a good um, couple of tips that you might have for staying on budget?
0: Do a lot of research, number one. Don't go by the first price you see online when you're doing your research because chances are there's going to be a better price on a hotel on an activity, there'll be a discount somewhere. There's gonna always be a better price. So you don't even have to negotiate it per se, although it doesn't hurt if you try, but there's always gonna be something better so you not have to
1: settle for that price let me let me touch on that just a bit because mm-hmm. i'm always torn between whether it's a flight price that i see or a hotel price i'm always thinking like on the one hand it's it's kind of like a, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush having mm-hmm. your reservations locked in gives you peace of mind sometimes crazy deals do pop up do you ever feel that tension between when the time is right to pull the trigger on certain reservations
0: yeah um, i'm pretty though, Like, you know, I'll go into Kayak and I'll look and it'll say good time to buy is now. And I'm like, no, it's not. You know, I don't always necessarily agree with what's being said because <laughs> I'll monitor it myself. Yeah. And if I see that the price isn't fluctuating very much, I'm like, OK, what's twenty dollars or what's fifty dollars versus like what's four hundred dollars, five mm-hmm, hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. I'm very flexible with that. And I'm very flexible with, uh, for instance, I did Egypt, Israel and Jordan. And I just kept changing the order of the countries, and Uh that changed the price drastically. So I wasn't That's a great point.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd love to dig into that just a little bit, too, because in my travel talk last night that I was giving, um, I've really highlighted Google Flights, Kiwi.com, Kayak, and Momondo. I've personally never used Momondo that much, but every, everybody always tells me it, so I include it in my recommendations. Especially with Kiwi.com, it gives you some very interesting opportunities to be flexible with the order of your, your cities. Uh, what search engines do you like the most?
0: I use kayak a lot, and I use Travel Matrix.
1: Travel Matrix is that the that's the parent technology um, that Google Flights and all these other websites use, right? So yep. Travel mm-hmm. Matrix. Um, it's not a pretty website, but no. it it gets the job done, right?
0: It totally does. And then you can take what you see there and apply it to Kayak and Raimondo because those are the other two. And Skyscanner. I use Skyscanner.net too. Yeah, that
1: as well. Mm -hmm. So
0: those are the three that I kind of play with and I just kind of have them vie against each other basically and see which one is the best price that works for me. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so interesting to hear that because that's exactly what I say. always do the same search, be as flexible as possible across multiple platforms um, and then never uh, go with the first price you see. always do the search across different, different areas and then go with it that way. And it sounds kind of like you do the same thing but keep an eye out for middlemen or if there are uh, agencies whether it's local sites, flights or hotels you're booking, oftentimes it's you can save money or at least be getting more of your cash into the local BnB's pocket to even if it is the same price at least they're not having to pay 20% to Expedia.com or whatever. Um I, what what are some of the giveaways that you see when it comes to these agencies? Have you noticed that when you travel?
0: I do. So- Sometimes I make it work for me, like I'll use Orbitz so I can get those orbits bucks. So mm-hmm. in that sense, I'll get that discount, even though you're paying that middleman fee, I'll somehow make it work for myself. Mm-hmm. So you just have to see which side it is and see how you can make it work for you. Because at the end of the day, I think somehow, someway, there's always going to be a middleman, even if it's not – in your face that you see it Even if it's just you're going directly with an airline Or directly with mm. a hotel There's always some extra fee there That you just may not know about um, So that's one thing And I'm also not married to any particular site um, I'll use Expedia, Hotwire, Orbitz I'll try them all just to see what's best for me And also I don't have to stay in a hotel I can stay at an Airbnb That's the other thing And, and Home Away, Airbnb um, There's one more I've tried for rent
1: by owner? Yeah, that uh, one. Yeah, and VRBO. There's, uh, yeah, VRBO. Um, I've, I've used that once. I've run apartments, like Airbnb apartments on VRBO uh, as well when I was doing that in Prague for a couple of years. Um, and so when you pick a new place, what's your... And after you've booked your flights, what's the next step? Where do you like to begin to collect that information to do that research, like you were saying earlier?
0: Google is my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just start... Putting stuff in. I go on the uh, TripAdvisor forums if I'm interested in one particular place, uh, mm-hmm. just to try and see what other people's experiences at that place. I'll use Google Maps to see where the hotels are, to mm-hmm. see if that's near a metro, some type of train station. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of a lot of different facets mm-hmm. um, of mm-hmm. the trip. One funny story is I found an apartment in Rio. As you hear, Rio is very dangerous. Oh, my gosh, you got to be very careful, blah, blah, blah. And so I found an apartment there. It's a great apartment. And we were right across the street from a hotel, which I thought was great, because I was like, yeah, I can use their concierge. If I have any questions, ask the reservation desk. And at the end of the trip, um, I went to their concierge. I was like, oh, can I book a cab? And they're like, sure. And they're like, what room are you in? I'm like, oh, I'm not staying here. But they're like, you come here every day and ask us questions. <laughs> I'm like, I know, but I'm actually across the street in an apartment. <laughs> So That was interesting because that just goes to show like, I think I did enough research ahead of time to find what I needed for that trip. And mm-hmm. then that worked to my advantage later when I was actually there to get to where I needed to go. And these people actually thought that I was staying <laughs> at their home. <laughs>
1: is is i i've got to do an episode on exclusive kind of under the radar travel hacks like that and the that where you can stay on a budget and still benefit from services that are out there <laughs> yeah,
0: and, was, and, I, and i didn't even do that on purpose that was just
1: kind yeah. of what i could just ask. yeah sure 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 and you wonder like hotels that sell local experiences often do get a commission as well so it's not all uh free for them so or for, for you as well you're paying for that service um and if i remember correctly you also do some cruise traveling
0: mm-hmm. i love t- t- tell me about that Uh, That's another thing. I tell everybody I know who has never been on a cruise and they poo-poo it. Oh, I'm going to get sick. Oh, I'm going to be stuck. Oh, 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 oh. I'm like, just try it (laughs) because you have everything rolled into one, your hotel, your entertainment, your food. Um, It just depends if you're someone who wants to go to different ports or if you're someone who just wants to relax and enjoy the ship. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've been telling a lot of naysayers who have never been on a cruise before to just try it once and then tell me you don't like it. Then I'll believe you prior to uh, not going on. But I just think it's a great alternative to travel. If you want to experience certain places for a day to see if it's somewhere that you really want to explore because Barcelona is a perfect cruise port. you can go for a day, you see how fantastic it is. I would bet you that 90% of the people who go through Barcelona as a cruise port come back to experience it for like a week because you can't do Barcelona in a day because it's such a beautiful city. So that's something that I always tell people just, just to try it, give it a try because yes. you don't know what you're going to enjoy
1: from that. What are some, you know, we, we talked about websites to find flights or accommodation. What about websites to find good cruises? Do you have a, um, is there a, a couple websites that are a database of available options?
0: What I actually do is I go on vacationstogo.com mm-hmm. to look at the prices because it's very easy to use and it's right there. I look at all the prices and then I'll go to like United Cruises, like United Airlines, let's just say, so that. That I can buy my cruise there and then get my miles so I can fly to said departure point Mm -hmm. for free. Mm -hmm. So, anywhere I go or any type of travel plan I make, I try to make it to my advantage that I somehow come out winning. Mm -hmm. So, by Mm -hmm. doing it that way and getting it on an airline cruise site, you end up banking the miles so that you can eventually fly somewhere for free. I see. Even though that's a it's a cruise site. I use the other cruise site just to see what all the prices are mm-hmm. and then just make them compete for me.
1: That's a that great idea. That's a great idea. So always, um, it's kind of like playing chess. I'm definitely not an expert, but when I am on my game, I'm, I'm thinking of making every move I make needs to serve me twice. You know, do something offensive as well as defensive. In this case, hopefully get you some extra points so you can fly to your cruise for free. Not bad.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect <laughs> analogy, actually.
1: <laughs> and um, I gotta ask, so these cruise through were they in um did you take some in the caribbean and because i've been spending time in Colombia recently and i absolutely oh. love it have you had a chance to go through yourself
0: i have i was on a cruise once that stopped in santa marta and cartagena and i loved it and i actually want to go back to cartagena because i thought it was an amazing city and it one day was not enough.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm.
0: I wished I had been on a cruise that had spent like two or three days there. But since it didn't, I was like, ah, that's one of those places I have to go back to.
1: That's that's the challenge with cruises, though, isn't it? Like on the one hand, you're somebody who really likes to dig into the culture and really experience what's going on um, inside. But on a cruise, you got to be back on the boat by five or six p.m., right? And yeah. so uh, that's always. I'm sure you're always torn between sampling all these cultures versus the deep dive.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. Um, I did do one cruise that was from Hong Kong to Singapore. And actually, what was nice about that cruise, there was a lot of overnights. So you did have an opportunity to, to explore a city a little bit more than you would on a normal, like, seven-day shorter mm-hmm. cruise. And I appreciated that. And that was another one that made me want – I like I have to go back to Vietnam because that was one that was very heavy on Vietnam from top to bottom. But they had a couple of overnights. They had an overnight in Hanoi. They had an overnight in Saigon. long so, Bay. Oh yeah. my gosh. And um,
1: that was awesome. Yeah, for our listeners, Tina Beth, do you have photos from Hollong Bay? It's an, it's an incredible place. I do. Yeah, is that it, up on your website?
0: Um, I don't think it is, actually. I should put those. It looks like a movie set, it doesn't even look real.
1: Yeah, it looks like a water version of um, Avatar, the Avatar planets.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you think something's going to come out from behind the mist yeah. because that's that's what you see. It's the neatest thing. That yeah. was somewhere I would have liked to have stayed a little bit longer.
1: Mm-hmm. I've done a, a two-night cruise with my sister when I was backpacking through Vietnam four mm-hmm. years ago, and it was uh, it was so cool to go out into those um, vertical rocks and these hundreds of these vertical rock islands that just sprout out of the sea and go up a couple hundred feet. They're incredible to tour. Um, okay, so that's wonderful. Man, we're jumping all over the place. We're talking about <laughs> cruises, videos, uh, monetizing YouTube channels, but, um, but that That really just goes to show how much stuff you got going on, Tina Beth. What's um what are the next steps? What do you have in the near future here?
0: Right now, um, I'm working on editing the pilot that we shot in Cuba because I figured um, look, like I did the web series and I'm gonna do a season two of the web series. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? Let me try this as a pilot. Make it a half hour version, maybe for a broadcast, maybe not. I'm just gonna see. But I'm in the middle of editing, which is a bear because we shot like 15, 20 hours worth of footage. So mm-hmm. somebody's learning Final Cut 10 on her own <laughs> and is like editing
1: <laughs> all
0: of that stuff together.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, um, so far, so good, man. You're really you're really putting together these great videos. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun for our listeners. What channels can we send visitors to? Um, What do you like to what should we share about the most here? Your platforms? Oh,
0: my gosh. Yeah. Uh, All the platforms are pretty much under my name because right now I thought it would be easier. So on Facebook, Tina Beth Pina, Instagram, Tina Beth Pina, Twitter, Tina Beth Pina <laughs> have my website, which is tinabethtravels.com. I'll probably uh, start something separate for Globe Scholars, but I'm just kind of like waiting on that first. I just want to mm-hmm. really get that more established. But in the meantime, you'll be able to see at least the four uh, season one, which is the four episode web series on tinabethtravels.com or on my YouTube. And mm-hmm. same thing, Tina Beth Pina.
1: Cool. everything is my name Tina Beth. check that out and honestly guys it's, it's the sort of thing that you can definitely binge and stay up way too late watching all these fun videos that you got posted so you'll definitely have to um, check that out Tina Beth thank you so much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you um, I'm going to have to dig into some of these subjects and have you back on the show for, for next season because it'd be great and I'd love to check back in with uh, Globe Scholars as well so Tina Beth thank you so much
0: Thank you, Andy. This was fun. I had a good
1: time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm always trying to learn new things, and Tina Beth definitely taught me a few. Let us know what you think about the show on our Facebook page, Andy Steve's Travel, and be sure to pick up my guidebook, Andy Steve's Europe City Hopping on a Budget, for your next adventure. Happy travels, people. By the way, on this season of Andy Steve's Travel Podcast, I'm working with the team at Podcast and Radio Networks. If you're thinking about starting your own show, they've got just the right people in place to turn your podcasting dreams into broadcasting reality. For more information, check them out at podcastandradio.com.
0: You can connect with WSA Europe, Andy's tour company, at WSA Europe on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thanks again for listening. To find all show details and links to connect with our guest, find it online at andysteves.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.